interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Warning. The following program contains explicit language and mature content. It is not meant for the easily offended. So if you are an emotional pussy, please refrain from listening. Thank you and enjoy. Get it? The Words on Fire podcast, your boy Cujo. Another day on my own this time. Uh, my boy Jules is still out of town living his best life, leaving everything else to, to me. So uh, we'll see what happens here. Um, this time we got a, another guest coming via international waters. Well, it's not even waters anymore, right? It's a, it's a clear border uh, coming out of Toronto, the T-Dot. We got a uh, up and coming artist. I, I, I guess I don't know exactly how to how to put uh, what box to put you in, which is always a good thing, right? She goes by the name of Chels C H L Z. You find her on Spotify. You can find her on Instagram. You can find her everywhere. Miss Chels, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Uh, you know, can't complain. It's early in the day. Getting ready. Getting ready to go. Uh, now, did I pronounce the name correctly? C H L Z. Yes, Chels, right? Yes, okay. Because I, I automatically thought, you know, knowing knowing how, how how we've known each other, I automatically thought when I saw the uh, name spelling, it was just short for Chelsea, which I was like, yeah. oh, that makes sense. But then I know you corrected me the other day, and I was like, oh shit, I've been saying it wrong the whole time. <laughs> so I just want to okay. make sure that we get it on the right, Miss Chels. Um. So right off the bat, I, I guess the the best the best way if you were to explain yourself to or your style of music to somebody who is barely finding out about you, how would you explain your style of music? Um, yeah, I would describe my sound as being under the alternative R and B umbrella. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit jazzy, a little bit lo fi. Um, yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> all right cosmic it, it, sultry sounds <laughs> cosmic sultry sounds and you get that um i know you're saying or you're telling me that you have a background right with with the music industry right your uh was it your grandma's the one that got you into this my grandma was a jazz singer so i grew up doing music with her mm-hmm. um and then i I've, i studied music fairly young like so I've always been doing music, right? Um, just in different ways. So yeah. okay, and, and so so who are some of the singers that you've uh, looked up to in your time? Um, I definitely definitely would have to pay homage to Amy Winehouse Ooh. or Ed Love Amy and mm-hmm. uh, Billie Holiday. Wow. Um, yeah, love them. I love Stevie Nicks, Fleetwood Mac. Wow. Um, and. There's so many. It's always hard to like condense yeah. that. Um, I love Minnie Ripperton, Patrice Fashion, mm. and yeah, off the top of my head, those are the the names I'll drop. <laughs> <laughs> the names you'll drop. So finding, um, I know you studied music for the majority of your life, um, and I'm assuming all types of aspects of music, right, from jazz to hip hop to um, Afro beats, everything that's out there, right. What 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 is your go to music when you're feeling um, either under the weather or just you know in a funky mood? What's your go to music to get you going? Um, 
Yeah, that's a good question. I my music playlist is very eclectic. Hmm. Um, I love my jazz music. I say like I'm mostly like when I'm working or you know cooking. I always listen to jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Emma Piano, which is like very jazzy house music from South Africa. Okay. Um, I love Afro house and I love Afro beats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, and I like to throw it back. I, I do, you know, listen to some Eric Clapton here and there. Mm. All right. <laughs> so, so you go more bluesy. Yeah. Like I'd say like, I'm into like jazzy bluesy kind of vibes, like basically anything that's soulful that you, you can like feel it. Damn. So you, you got a more of an old soul then, huh? I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. When. But, I know, I know, I guess, I think, I'm, yeah, I think I'm, I should be way older than you. Um, I know when I'm with certain people and I have certain music, like you said, you know, some Billie Holiday or I got some BB King. Um, yeah. I, I got some, um, you know, I got Muddy Waters, you know, I put some of the old school stuff because I've always believed, you know, to get to where you're going, you got to know where you came from. And Absolutely. every time people hear me put that on, they have kind of a, they give me like a sideways look like, like, you know, like I'm an old head, right? Do you ever get that from uh, your inner circle or do they understand where you come from and, and feel the same stuff you're into? Um, I think that like I'm surrounded by like a bunch of music heads and mm-hmm. ultimately I feel like, you know, a lot of people that just kind of focus on mainstream, they'll be like, my favorite artist is so-and-so. But right. it's like, for me, I'm always interested in like, what's their favorite artist and what was Mm. their favorite artist and like going down the line of like influences. That to me is really interesting to like see how sounds evolve and genres blend and all that. Mm. Um, So I I wouldn't say that I get that. I think like, you know, I'm friends with music scholars and like people that are deep into that. So it's just like, there's just different vibes for different states of being and occasions, you know? So yeah, yeah, so I crew all music nerds. <laughs> <laughs> That's always good because you get to appreciate certain, uh, you know, you get to appreciate sounds. One thing I've always uh, been envious of, I've always wanted to learn how to play the guitar. I own a guitar. I've probably took in half a lesson, and it's all on the internet, and I understand how difficult it is. Yeah. Um, so when I hear somebody like say, um, you know, I hear some Funkadelic, there's this one song, you know, if you're a guitar head, an electric guitar head, I don't know if you know this song, Maggot Brain. No. I oh, don't. if you if you want to get in your feels, and yeah. even if if you if you could if you want to sample something, just you know, okay. FYI, not saying to do, but if you do, Maggot Brain yeah. Funkadelic. Funkadelic Maggot Brain. Yeah, Maggot Brain. M- yeah, M A G G O T Brain. The okay. music, it's a. I, I, you know, when I'm in my fields, and I know since uh, June is, uh, or was, I should say, today's July 1st, June was men's mental health awareness, uh, which I didn't know was a thing. Um, yeah, when I want to get out of my fields or just, you know, get a good yell or a cry or whatever out, Maggot Brain, man, the guitar on that song mm-hmm. will melt you if you have an appreciation for music. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, so now let me ask you, so how long, how long have you been in the uh, music uh, game on your own, branched out as just Chels? Um, I started my own solo journey in COVID. So like 2012, 
20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was, co- was COVID an actual good thing for you as far as your music career to actually sit down and take a collection of what's going on with you and put it out on your own? Um, yeah, I think I was afforded an abundance of time that I wouldn't have already had mm-hmm. um, to just like really be like, okay, well, what are we doing? So I'm just going to pour my heart and soul into this. And I found like people to create with where, mm-hmm. you know, we had our little bubble and we would just record and make music. And I just yeah. kind of streamlined my process at that time um, to like, I think I made like 14 songs in like a, like a four month period. <laughs> it was Damn. like really crazy. I only released, I think I released 10 of, I released 10 of them. But, okay. Yeah. And what about those other four that you haven't released? What happened to those? Are those in the vault or? Yeah, I think not everything that you do is like needs to be released. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I felt like it wasn't up to par or like there's just certain things that I, you know, you're like, ah, scratch that. (laughs) We get in our, we overthink things. (laughs) Yeah. So when, when you're looking, when you're looking at those 14 songs, I know you said those four that were left out. What were the difference, or, or you know, what, what, how, what, what made the difference between those ten that made the cut and the other four? Like, eh, or do you think you could even piece some of those other four together to make one joint? Um, I actually have. I think like because it was you know beginning stages of me marrying my poetry to melodies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily that it was bad per se, but it's like there's just bits and pieces where I'm like, okay, like. I think that as a whole, it could be better. So I'm not going to, I'm just going to take bits and pieces from this song and put it into my new stuff. So I have done that. I've like taken mm-hmm. my like lyrics okay, and like chopped up things um, and like re redefined and reused, reduce, yeah. reuse, recycle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I think it's just like, in comparison to the sound that I was going for, it just didn't sound cohesive. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was trying to make, like I felt forced in a way to like make a, a poem into a song okay. where it's like, okay, like I like my writing here, but like this could be better. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna, you know, I just feel like my first couple tries, like, I got better than I was like, okay, this, uh, there's obvious an obvious improvement. So I'm not going right. to release this stuff, but I might use some of that for something, which I have like, okay. that's forward three years later. I'm like <laughs> going through the lyrics. I'm like, Oh, this works. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, you just have like an archive of content that you frequently go back to. Go back to. Yeah. Okay. So when, when it's time and you're like, all right, I'm going to write a song. I'm going to write this next song of, uh, you know, I'm feeling, you know, whatever this, whatever the mood is, right. Do you continually work on that one song till it's to completion or do you leave a bunch of songs halfway through and then change mood and go to something else? Or how, how does that process work for you? Yeah, that's a good question. I think everyone's different for myself. I really like to finish things, but mm-hmm. often I have, quite a few things going on at once because I work with different people. Right. So it'll be like, you know, dependent on when I can get a session in or I have to create, I have to like create time to go back and listen and give notes of like things I want them to change before I can go and do like the next layer of vocals or something like that. So Mm -hmm. um, I like to finish things 
quickly. Like I definitely get in like a zone where I could just be in the studio for like 12 hours and not even realize it. Wow. Um, but that's not, I don't really do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like I'll do like a, I feel like my sessions are usually like three to four hours. Mm-hmm. So it, it might be, sometimes it takes like two sessions to write a song. Sometimes it takes like four or five. Right. It's like, it does, it just depends. So it just, usually you're figuring out a concept and then the sound and then, a, you know, the producer makes a beat. And then from there, it's like finding melodies, finding the chorus. So okay. I, I like to do that where like, I'll find the chorus and then that's how we can structure things. Okay. But sometimes what happens is I'll be like, this is the chorus. And then I'll do something later where I'm like, no, actually that's the chorus. And then we like, I use that as like a bridge or something like that. So okay. it's, it's like a very, so there, yeah so it's an all around so yeah you don't, you don't have a specific uh you don't go into something first all right let me hear the beat then i'm gonna come down with my my uh my verse or let me hear the beat then let me come down with a hook and then go from there or do you come in let me just i had this this hook stuck on my head let's see how we can work a beat around it um yeah i think I've tried that, but mm-hmm. I find what usually works well is like it, it'll be it'll go one of two ways. So either, you know, the producer will be familiar with my sound and my vibe, or I kind of like conceptually say like what I want, and they'll create something off of that and right. then send it to me. Or I'll go and most often producers are musicians, so like I'll go mm-hmm. and we'll freestyle playing on the piano until we find like kind of a vibe that we like, and then they'll take that and they'll make a beat with that. And okay. just, just kind of like, so sometimes it's like we're working alongside each other and other mm-hmm. times it's like you do this and then I do this, but yeah, it's, it depends. Like I'd say like every producer kind of has their style, but right. generally speaking, I kind of like to, the, however the beat is created, like once that process is done, then it's like, pretty standard for me to be like okay this is the hook Mm -hmm. and then you know then i like will figure out my verses and structures around there okay so your your first song is now correct me if i'm wrong the first song you released was uh kensington right no the first song i released was unraveled Ooh, that that was a you were uh was that the one that you were featured on or is that your own my own. So the one that I, I have a song called Unruly where I feature an artist named Handful. There you go, Unruly. Yeah, she's uh, Trinidadian. She's like a very, her music is really cool. It's like Calypso, like kind of, yeah, tropical vibes. Oh, wow. So, yeah, she's she's really cool. Um, so oh. we did Unruly together, but Unraveled was my first single. Okay, and what so from all the songs that you've have uh, released? Because I know you've got a project coming up pretty soon that you're going to release. Um, yeah. Everything that you've released, uh, which one did you say? Would you say is your favorite, and why? Um. Yeah, I would say Kensington is one of my favorites, mm-hmm. just because it was a really like the storytelling is really beautiful. Okay. Um, I wrote that with a friend artist of mine named Dynasty, also mm-hmm. lovely artist. Shout out um, Dynasty. Shout out Dynasty. Um, yeah, so I I think Kensington is my favorite. It's my favorite to perform. Um, kind of brings out the musical theater roots in me to like tell a story mm-hmm. in that way. 
Um, so that one's really fun. And then, yeah, my other songs that I love to perform, I haven't released yet, but I've still been performing them. So. Oh, okay. So you've been giving people sneak yeah. previews? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it's interesting when you create something, it sounds, you know, recording is one thing, but then seeing like how like a crowd reacts right? and how people like connect to what you're saying in person is like a different experience. What, what song that you've put out has had the most personal connection with people that you felt that you'll, um, that when you find yourself singing, people will automatically like stop what they're doing and actually pay attention and, and, and listen instead of hear? Like when I perform live or just yes. when my recording? No, when you perform live. Um, I think that's different. There's a lot of people love the song Like You Say. Okay. Like a very jazzy love ballad. Um, I feel like I sing that and people are always like get it stuck in their head after and mm-hmm. are like singing lyrics to me. <laughs> and yeah, I think Kensington is a favorite though. Like Kensington um, is and unruly. I always get people that say it like it's just kind of like a summer. A summer vibe? Yeah, summer vibe, yeah. Okay. Oh, but, so, what, so what's the background behind Kensington? Um, it's It was about... Um, so Kensington Market is a place in Toronto. Oh. Uh, so it, I think that like for people that live here when you perform it, like I'm just describing where I am. So it's like people know, right. visualize it. Okay. Um, but it's about how I met like a great love of mine at mm-hmm. 2 a.m. in Kensington, <laughs> running to my friends, trying to catch the last 15 minutes of her, of her set. She's a DJ. Yeah. And, and it was like this encounter that happened. And I was like, I'm trying to go like, don't bother me. Like it was like, <laughs> it was a full moon. And so there's like my trek to get there, like kept getting delayed. And there was like crazy people. I'm like, why am I doing this? But I was like, I'm coming to your sets. So I was on a mission. <laughs> and this man, he was like trying to like talk to me, mm-hmm. not in a creepy way. It was just like, but yeah, so it's like me recounting like, the start of that relationship and how we met so wow yeah See, that's interesting because I, I i've always i don't know why i guess when you hear the name kensington i was always thinking england for some reason yeah and well there's a lot of places and streets that are named after things so yeah kensington market is like like a it's like a staple it's very interesting it's like you wouldn't expect it and then right. you go around the corner and you're like where is this and it's it's like there's all these little markets and shops and cute little bars okay it's like right off of chinatown and before you kind of get into the financial district mm-hmm. um so it's only like a few streets but it's it's a it's like a staple in toronto like on sundays everyone goes to kensington market cause it's like they have like people like vendors and people perform live and word yeah so, okay, like so all kinds of good stuff at kensington market yeah exactly <laughs> So let me ask you what what song that you've that you've put out so far, what song has made you mo- feel the most um, either vulnerable or you felt the most open that you put out there that you're like uh, not questioning it but you're like wow I can't believe that came out of me. <laughs> yeah, I think like I've written a couple songs where maybe I felt a little vulnerable coming out of like unhealthy relationships so Mm -hmm. just expressing emotions coming from from that feels a little raw so i do find myself like 
second guessing performing certain things. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like that's not me anymore. <laughs> um, probably look at me. Okay. Which I do like performing that song, but it's kind of like a raw, like I feel raw singing that for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And Unraveled, I've never performed that live. I was going to, I, I host an event and like, a sh- kind of like, it's like a show, like I perform. Right. But I just didn't feel like it was the vibe to sing Unraveled. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I've never performed that one live. And mm-hmm. um, I look at that one as like my, my angry, sad girl song, which, <laughs> yeah, like my Alanis moment, but no, oh. I did sound, I don't sound like Alanis at all. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're getting ready to perform, is there a certain ritual that you have to do the day of to make sure that you feel that you're ready to, to give it your all? That's a great question. Um, I do feel like performing creates a standard and caliber of like a certain caliber of like level of care that you need to do mm-hmm. um, just for in terms of like taking care of like my voice. Um, I won't like have dairy. I'm just drinking like lots of teas. And um, I think it's important to like be really relaxed so like i won't do any crazy workouts like i'll work <laughs> out but like i don't want tension in my body right um so like yeah like i love the sauna just live in the sauna and like, okay. i just want to be really relaxed and maybe do a yoga class mm. and um yeah like sleeping is proper like just literally taking care of yourself like how you should take care of yourself right like, you like up your care and what you eat and okay what you drink so I don't drink. You don't drink. Not when I'm performing. Oh, no. okay. So why why no dairy? What 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 does the dairy do to a vocalist that you want to avoid? Um, I mean, I don't. I've never like fact checked this, but in my mm. own experience, um, I'm like kind of allergic to dairy. I can tolerate it, but I okay. just feel like it creates like mucus in the throat. Yeah. So it's like you're clearing your throat, and you basically like want things like drinking like ginger and and, and like t- and honey like things that like coat the vocal cords okay. so it's like really easy to like warm up your voice and sing whereas right. like if you're smoking and drinking alcohol those are all things that are dehydrating so it's mm. like you want to be well hydrated so you can you can sing that's the you, you don't want to go the amy winehouse style <laughs> i mean I know she could just like rip on cigs all day and still yeah. sound like that. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't say I, I have that. I feel like my lungs <laughs> would be like, help me. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so when you're putting down a track and, and, and you feel like, like we were saying earlier about having the raw emotion to it um, or actually having that vulnerability, like, how do you get to that spot? Because I know a lot of the times, you know, with, with musicians, you have to. You have to put yourself out there, right? Like I said earlier about, you know, finding yourself vulnerable. Like, how do you get to that mental state to where you could actually transition and come out from feeling that to hearing or have you saying it, singing it? It's a good question. And it's funny that you ask that because I just had a session with my friend Isaac. He's mm-hmm. trying to get me to uh, sing on a house track, which I've okay. never done before. I'm just starting to do that with people. So, which is a different way right. of structures like song structure and all that mm. and uh my thing is like i'm very mechanical when it comes to like you know we're trying to figure out the timing and the rhythm okay and then it's like okay your voice sounds good but like we need like the emotion 
And right. I think I, I tend to like overthink when I'm writing. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's like, I have to like find how we want it to sound mm-hmm. with like tone, rhythm, timing. And, um, so it's like, I'll do something that you like, it sounds good, but it's like, then it's like, putting that emotion behind it. And sometimes I have to just like take a moment moment and come back, mm-hmm. familiarize myself with that. Um, and yeah, I think that's hard. And other times it's like things just, it just flows out of me like water and <laughs> it's very like raw and real. And but yeah, I, I do find like if I'm working with somebody else and they're coaching me on like how they want it to sound and feel like sometimes it, it, it can be a process to get out of your head because you're trying right. to like, do it a certain way so it's a it's a very strange dance in terms of like writing and vibing i feel like that's just you know it's like a muscle you know and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's easier to access those like raw parts of ourselves sometimes it's not but ultimately it comes down to like living doing nothing and then coming back and creating because like creativity is like like this yeah you know it's a roller coaster just riding the waves and then sometimes (laughs) you get nothing (laughs) so coming from a uh background of music studying music is there any type of music that you just find um when you're hearing it it's it's and i don't want to make it sound like you know stuck up or whatever but like when i hear house it's so generic because every house is the same and it has the same count has the same um, you know, beats per minute, and it all has that same. You know, you could put on fifteen house songs, and you think they're all the same one because they have the same progression pattern or whatnot. Is there anything that that gets you? Like, oh, this has been not beneath me, but you know, musically, is like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing something like this. Or is everything just a challenge for you? Um, I wouldn't do anything that I didn't love. I think I really appreciate like house as like I also have like a dance background. So as a dancer, like house music is a vibe to me. Mm. Um. And yeah, I just, I love like global house music. I think it's really, there's just cool, like certain sounds and and producers from different parts of the world where like, yeah, sure. It's all under the umbrella of house, but it's like kind of different. Like, like, you know, like black coffee, Mm -hmm. he's a, he's an artist, but like, I really like the vocalist that he has on his tracks and the vibe. I wouldn't say house is that for me, but maybe like mumble rap. Right, yeah. Like, what are you saying? Can't understand no. even even when they have the words in front of you. Like, that's not what he said. <laughs> that's yeah. Not right. So, yeah, I do. I think for me, it's more like when I find that, like, you know, I live in Toronto, so it's like there's mm. a huge like rap, like hip hop scene here, and there's a lot of like like trap kind of music okay. that I just don't i just find like the content to be like what are you actually saying and doing and it's all kind of like the same sounds the same to me and i don't find that like there's certain artists that are like pioneers of that that are Mm -hmm. really good and like they're and then everyone's like replicating that so it like loses its authenticity so i do think that's something in toronto that is like i see a lot where i'm like okay like we'll just put auto-tune and start talking about like <laughs> popping bottles and popping bottles with models yeah exactly and it's just like is do you ever feel any pressure because i know t dot's been uh, blowing up lately uh 
you know, like he's with, with Drake, with um, Abel, uh, also AKA The Weeknd. Do you ever have? Because um, I, I know, you know, the lo-fi sound is kind of not similar to uh, The Weeknd because he's more on that fucking mystery uh, axe murder kind of shit. Do you ever feel pressure to that? I gotta put something out like weekend style to kind of get some play out here in Toronto to get some follow, or is it just I'm doing me no matter what? No, I don't feel pressure to like hop on a vibe that's not mine. I just like to organically create. I definitely have my influences. Like I love the '70s era of music, and okay. I love funk and soul and jazz. So it's like to me, it's like I. I just want to do stuff that like I vibe with and that can be other sounds. Cause it's like, obviously that's influenced by the producer and like what they're creating and what they envision. Mm-hmm. So I never like hear something where I'm like, Oh, like I got to do that. Cause right. like, that's not authentic to me. Like I'm just hopping on a bandwagon train that, right. you know, where I feel like being true to myself, I know that I have a specific sound and I have a lot of versatility Mm-hmm. And I can do a lot. So I'd rather do my own thing and okay. have my, like, you know, because, like, that's kind of how people make it anyways. They, they sound like themselves. And then right. people start to replicate that and whatever. So okay. I'm just going to stick to doing me. And <laughs> my new project is very versatile. Um, and I think it shows my range in a way that, like, my previous. Okay. Uh, and what happened. is that what is that new project you got coming out? Um, I haven't put a set date on it, but I wanted to to release it by end of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure by fall. Just cuz like I yeah, I have other like I've been working on a lot of stuff, so it's like I have one fully packaged ready to go. It's just mm-hmm. yeah, getting everyone on board on the team to like make sure it's released proper. Okay, and how many how many songs you got coming on this new on these uh this new project you got coming out? Um, it's a four song EP. Okay, so a little taste. A little taste. So it's gonna be. I take it it's gonna be like the seasons, I guess, spring, summer, fall, and uh, winter. No, it's um. So it's themed around the elements. So okay. each song is like, like, themed around fire, earth, water, air. Um. So at that to me is like different uh emotions Mm -hmm. and like energies like you know the fire songs like very passionate and sensual and kind of like bit musical theater jazzy and then um yeah and then my earth song is like back to my roots because like i like it's very like stevie nicks kind of vibes Ooh. Um, that's what I grew up listening to. Like I listened to the music that my dad listened to, like right. Eagles, Mamas and Papas, like, you know, so that's kind of like my roots, which mm-hmm. is earth to me. And, um, it was like a good, like drum beat in there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you always gotta have those percussions in there. That's yeah, the exactly. Um, and some guitar. So from, uh, from the new four song EP you got coming out, which is the mo- which one of those songs or elements is it that you're most um, jazzed up about, or so much, or or so, I guess, uh, happy or just anticipating that you want to release so bad already that you love? 
Yeah, I think my song Fi- the fire song just mm-hmm. because it's so different and like in my like lower sultry register. Yeah. Um I'm really I love performing that one mm-hmm. and I really I have like a very cool concept for a music video that I want to do for that. Okay. Um my water song it's called Too Deep and that's my like influence of like Minnie Riperton and Patrice Russian and that's kind of that vibe is very like in my higher jazzy okay. vocal range. range and it's my like sad girl love song <laughs> I really like i always have to have a sad girl love song <laughs> hey those are the ones that sell man those are the ones that people yeah. identify exactly you that's know? like that's like the the therapy <laughs> yeah no that's a hey, that's the free therapy is the best therapy and sometimes um, I know from what I've always seen, you know, when you have a song, like you said, like a sad girl song or a sad love song or whatever it is, people identify with that more. And that's what that's what gets a true human connection with people, you know, because yeah. people are can relate to that as opposed to like when you hear Drake talking about, you know, I'm flying out to to Asia and buying Bentleys and I can't identify to that. I can't even spell Bentley shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I hope I never get to the point where, like, I'm out of touch with reality and what people relate to. <laughs> so, yeah. Go so ahead. let me let, let me ask you this question. That's kind of weird because I like I know like so you say you don't want to get out of touch, right? Because you don't want to be at that point where you're talking Bentleys and and billions and stuff. For somebody who's up and coming, what do you consider making it as an artist? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I just meant that, like, I, like, always, I feel like my whole, everything that I do in life is, like, to anchor me into being the most present in this, like, current reality. And I wouldn't want to lose sight of that, um, in my own journey and, you know, become a diva or whatever. But (laughs) I don't, I don't think, I think I have enough, like, grounding people around me. And I'm not really like that. I just don't think that I would ever really change. Um, but from for me like the goal is like i just you know the goal is to just like do music and like live off of that like if i can you know structure and schedule my time around doing music and have it be profitable that is the goal and and being able to like travel and and perform and and tour like i want to do that Mm -hmm. um and it takes time to like get those things going and monetizing your music is weird because it's just just you know you don't really make money from streams and putting out music it's necessary right but you have to like it's like when people actually like make it they're doing like brand deals and and stuff like that and like that's how they get their money and selling like 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 shows yeah yeah shows are the big one right yeah so maybe one of these days, hopefully you'll get to that, uh, what was that debacle that Taylor Swift had where the tickets were going on sale for like $70,000 a ticket because of the uh, algorithm that Ticketmaster had that it had messed up. So I guess oh once my it, gosh. did you hear about that? No. So there's an algorithm within Ticketmaster that uh, I guess it, it judges the demand for, for ticket sales. I guess if they sell out super quick. Oh, because like it, it's AI generated. So yeah, so automatically the ticket sales soar through the sky, right? So um, they're showing there that the, I guess they cracked the algorithm, or they're talking about the algorithm. So 
I, I guess when when a certain show in I don't know what city it was, it started off you know floor seats were 150 to 300 dollars or something like that. Well, they're selling out so quick that by the time people got around to it, the, the sales were like at seventy thousand dollars a seat for what? the floor seats. Yeah, it, it was something absolutely crazy, ridiculous, and and it made yeah it made news. This happened about oh, I want to see within the last year. And and that's where that algorithm had come out. They're like, oh yeah, well we've been using this algorithm. We've never seen it spike like this, but this is the algorithm that Ticketmaster would use. And it was like, wait a minute, so you've been stealing from us more than than, than what's advertised? Yeah, and like supply and demand. Exactly. Yeah. So people were getting uh, people are getting highly upset about that because I mean that's some bullshit. And there's kids that were trying to you know sell their parents' houses that could buy a damn ticket to go see fucking Taylor Swift. It, it was insane. pretty fucking like bonkers. A year's salary for <laughs> most people. Absolutely, that's 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 crazy. Um, that's crazy. So talking about AI that you mentioned it, do you fear as a musician and as a lyricist and somebody who actually writes their own music? Do you fear? The evolve the the way the AI is invo- uh, evolving and actually writing music now and like even putting songs out for certain artists. That's a good question. I think for myself personally, because I'm independent and like anything that I do under me is like has to be proved by me and right. I, I do everything myself. <laughs> wear many hats, so like um, I do think it's kind of scary. Like there was like that Drake and Weekend song that came mm-hmm. out that was. AI and like you know it was it kind of slapped like it was kind of scary which is very scary <laughs> right I think absolutely for people that are like very established to yeah. have stuff like that where you can mimic someone's voice but if you listen if you really listen I feel like you can tell that it's fake because there's certain vowels that just are repeated that just don't sound natural right so I've seen a lot of weird AI scammy things online where like <laughs> You know, Elon Musk is trying to get you on some new crypto thing, and it's like, you can tell it's like, this is fake. That was fake? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that son of a bitch got me. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, but people nowadays, people nowadays don't really care about real or fake as long as it sounds, you know, they're first to, they're the first ones to say that they like it or don't like it, or they're first ones to say I was there or whatnot, you know, because like, uh, I don't know. There's a song. I don't know if you've seen. They did a, a Frank Sinatra singing uh, "Get Low" by Little John AI. Yeah, I, I can, need to hear this. Here, Was actually, it good? you know, since we're talking now, let me forward it to you. It's it's, crazy. it's it's Frank Sinatra singing "Get Low." Yes. Like, get low. Get yes. Low. Oh my god, that's absolutely so funny. fucking bonkers. And the worst part is, is when you hear somebody say. Some of these young kids here, I just literally just sent it to you. Some of these young kids, right, that don't really know much about or even know who Frank Sinatra is. If they hear this, they're going to go out and put that, oh, my God, have you heard this new guy? And they're going to put this whole buzz and create about something that never even happened. Yeah, I do think that's dangerous. That's super dangerous because you're, like, altering history and reality in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not good. So I do feel like it's a tool that could be used prop like you could use it properly like for myself i i never even thought to use ai for like songwriting and but to me like i i just feel like that takes away from 
the process. I'm sure other people would feel differently and maybe right. that, that is something that people do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a tool that can be utilized, but yeah, there's obviously dangerous in the wrong hands the wrong intentions <laughs> everything everything is well hell i mean there's like you said there's all these videos are coming out these deep fakes are what they're called and you know yeah. now you can put you know anybody saying anything and and you can't and if you it, it's weird now you know depending on what the topic is right if um you question something that somebody makes a deep fake about now you're looked at as an enemy or as attacking that as opposed to actually saying, hey, is, is this shit real? Because, you know, what is real now? You know, you, 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 yeah. it's hard to tell. It's it's true. I, I remember seeing something on, like, someone tweeted a photo of, like, was it, like, the Pentagon being under fire or something? Mm-hmm. And, like, it, like, affected the stock market. Wow. And so altering like that's dangerous so i do think that that's dangerous because you know we always say i think everyone says like oh you know everything you see online is is fake like what anyone posts what everyone does is like a curated you know one smidgen of somebody's life but now there's this other level of like are you even real (laughs) (laughs) did that actually happen so yeah i think it's hard to you know kind of see what like just being insightful and i think ultimately like always being a critical thinker is important in any thing to like really be like okay like have we fact checked that right where, where is this coming from all well, of that i think that's important to question our like beliefs and and why people and motives of others and all that <laughs> All right, so before we get off the deep end and start going into all this conspiracy theory, because I'm, I'm girl, I am here for that, and I can get, I could go off. I mean, we're talking lizard people. We're going deep. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get that crazy. I want to. Oh wanna, no, not reptilians. Yeah. <laughs> they're all. That's a whole other podcast we need to have on the side. <laughs> that's always a good time to talk. So the so you still don't have an end date, right? You're saying hopefully maybe end summer for the four elements, end summer hopefully maybe fall the latest. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna be making moves the next couple weeks, and okay. to ensure that you get a playlisting for Spotify, you have to submit your work uh, through your distributor at least six weeks out to be. Uh, have you submitted that yet or no? No, I haven't. So okay, that's why we're like. At least six weeks away. <laughs> okay. Um, at the very least, so within two months, I oh. will. So, so when do you feel you'll be submitting that within the week or so, or are you still trying to fix the masters and all that? And no, everything's done. Um, it was just me filming a music video, so like I have okay. my artwork done, the music's all done. So, it's just if I want to release my project with having visual art to accompany it or not awesome so then your your handle let me just bring it up here again because uh i was looking through my frank frank sinatra shit that i just sent you <laughs> frank sinatra <laughs> get low bonkers fucking bonkers <laughs> and you just had a, a a little uh show that you did uh soul slam yesterday right um, yeah, on thursday how'd thursday. that go oh it was it's always such a beautiful vibe um yeah, it was great. It's it's always a great turnout. We uh, teamed up with this local microbrewery 
bar called Lalo. They're like mm-hmm. big hip hop supporter of the arts in the city. Big hip hop heads. Shout out to Dan at Lalo. Shout um, out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so it was great. I, I do it with a partner, my co-pilot Ariel. And okay. uh, we host, it started out as like us just performing and then mm-hmm. it turned into this open mic that we do. And it's a very high caliber open mic like a lot of MCs come through a lot of singers mm-hmm. singer songwriters come out and it's just a really like beautiful open space to just come and vibe have some drinks and we always have a ice mistos our our DJ and she always okay. slays okay. and soul slam is that something that goes on uh bi-weekly weekly monthly often it's do monthly. you have it it's monthly so it's like yeah we've been at it this is we've done six so like We've been doing it for six months now, okay. so it's always like the last Thursday of the month. So are, um, are you booked yeah. for the end of July already? Yeah, so we'll do another the next one, I think July 27th. Will be okay. Our next Soul Slam. Awesome. In Toronto. <laughs> the yeah. T-Dot? Yeah. Am I saying, I'm, I, I think that's what they call Toronto, right? Or am I just making my own shit? <laughs> no, I think Toronto's called T-Dot. I think. It's like a lot of people call Toronto the six. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, if you're from Toronto, you you don't say that you don't say Toronto. You say Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! All right. So, just and and I know, like you said, I know we have both uh, things to run to right now. So I guess we'll kind of just wrap it up about uh, a bit. But um, the handle where everybody could find you, C H L Z. I'm looking on your Instagram right now. Is that dot underscore? Is that correct? Yeah. All right. Is yes. the same? Is it the same handle on the uh, Spotify? So on Spotify, it's just the HLZ, Apple Music, everything. Okay. Um, it's the HLZ, but my Instagram HLZ was taken, so we just put a little, <laughs> a little yeah, twist. punctuation on the end there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time on uh, this busy morning. I know you got a busy time. You had a busy night last night. Any final words for everybody out there? Anything you want to get off your chest? Let them know who you are, where you're from, or anything like that. Um, well, yeah. First off, thank you for having me. Always. It's a pleasure. And um, yeah, I'm Chels, and I have a lot of beautiful music to release this year. So please follow me and yeah, like, share. I'm on all the things. And uh, yeah, let me know how you're vibing to Chels. Absolutely. Are you on YouTube? <laughs> I am on YouTube, yeah. Awesome. Everything. Same same handle and everything. Yeah. Awesome. That's Chel C H L Z. Follow her representing the T dot the six Toronto, Canada. Big ups. Big up everybody that coming on through here. Follow, like, subscribe, all that stuff on Chelsea's uh YouTube, on her Spotify, on her Instagram. She's always posting some stuff. If it's not singing, it's her modeling she's doing. I haven't seen any of your dancing on there yet. But uh, I guess that's coming soon. If you know, you know. (laughs) That's that's exclusive content. No, just just, just vibes. Just Just vibes? Yeah. (laughs) All right. So remember, follow, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And after you're doing that, stop by over here with us again and follow, like, subscribe, all that good shit. I appreciate you all the way from the 915 to the T dot. Nothing but love, nothing but respect. Till next time, guys, don't be an asshole. Don't be a dick. Deuces.